Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey. Now it is Wednesday, November the 2nd. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and joining us today, special guest, former pro hockey player Curtis Fraser, joining us on the show. Curtis, welcome to the Ice Guys. I know you were at the uh, Devils and Canucks game. Didn't go the way of the Vancouver Canucks. I'm also interested to know, what's their record when you're in attendance there for their home games? But Curtis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you were at New Jersey, Vancouver last night. Obviously, Canucks go down to defeat, although I don't think people realize how good that New Jersey team is right now. They're playing some excellent hockey, but uh, just some observations from you about being in attendance last night. Um, You know, I I didn't go to – when I first retired, I didn't really go to the games that much. I, it was almost like sore, you know. Um, and I my kid, he wants to go to the warm-up, but that's what made me the most sore because the warm-ups are fun. Right. But now I've been starting to go more and then he keeps asking me. So it's like, you can't not take him. But uh, last night, a buddy took me to New Jersey. I hadn't been in probably, you know, I hadn't been in a game in a while. Yeah. And it just didn't go well. You're right. New Jersey's got some young talent. Like they look really good, but you think the state that the Canucks are in, you think they'd have a little more push at home, right? They're struggling, you know, that you thought there'd be a little more fire. Um, but yeah, it just didn't happen. They had this power play and I remember watching it and I told one of my guys I coach with to clip that for me because it was like a set play off the draw and it might not have been a set play, but it probably was. And we were just standing there and I'm just like, okay, this is not going to be good. It was like the tail of the the tape. You could see the future and next thing you know, it was like four nothing. So yeah, it wasn't good, Ian, but thanks for asking. <laughs> well, that's all right. There's always the next time. Always the next yeah, time you exactly. go to a Canucks game. I, I like what you said before we started the show here, that once it got to 4 nothing, it's like, oh, that's enough of this shit. Peace out. We're out of here. We're going <laughs> yeah. to the bar. We went up to the sports bar there attached to the rink, and that was it. Nice. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, But, again, New Jersey playing some good hockey. So, Curtis, you played a lot of years in pro hockey. Tell us about the Curtis Fraser pro hockey journey. Uh, the journey, uh, it's, a, it's a rough one, man. I, I always – it's rough, but great. You know, I always tell people it's like when you're a player, like who can eat the most shit sandwiches and keep on going. Right. It's a war of attrition when you're getting to that spot. It's not about who the best is or, you know, cause everyone at that level is good. You know, it's who puts the most work in and, and who does the extra and, you know, and who continues to push out after somebody says no, you know, and that's what I kind of tell the kids is, you know, just keep on going and keep on going. You better love it because if you don't love it, you won't be able to eat those shit sandwiches, right? So, you know, for me, it was, you know, a bit of a slow burn. Like I wasn't, I wasn't that kid that, you know, I was a smaller kid, um, late bloomer, I guess you would say. And um, yeah, I just kept on going and, you know, looking for that yes. And somebody said yes, and I would keep going. You know, I had to earn every contract I got. I never got a contract out the gate. I had to go to camp on a PTO and I had to earn an NHL contract, you know, and, and that's, that's, that was just my story. I wasn't good enough to get one handed to me. So, um, yeah, I'm one of those guys that truly, uh, truly worked to stay there for as long as I did. Exactly. And, and you had to basically, like you said, battle to get every opportunity uh, that you ended up getting. You played, of course, uh, AHL for a few years, ECHL for uh, a few years, went overseas, played a couple of years over in Europe. Uh, and now you're into uh, coaching. Is that uh, correct? Yeah. So I'm doing, uh, yeah, basically trying to give back to the game a bit. And um, yeah, I, I didn't think I'd be doing that if you asked me like right when I retired. But um, yeah, it just kind of happened organically and I kind of fell into it just because my son was starting. So like, I guess I retired and my son was starting H1. So first year of hockey. And I just kind of got into the hockey world and, you know, started doing that and it just started just growing and growing and growing. And, you know, and here we are now I got, you know, probably nine coaches that work with me and, you know, we're, we're, uh, 
we're really trying to do the right thing with developmentally with kids. That's awesome. And there's, it's, like we say, we've had many guests play the game and now that they're retired and they're not playing, they're doing something uh, to further the game for the next generations to come, whether it's coaching, instructionals, uh, that kind of thing. Academies, hockey academies. Uh, there's a bunch yeah. of former players we've talked to on this show as guests that are in that uh, mold. Uh, before we get into an NHL uh, discussion with our guest here, Curtis, we do always, but the first time we have a, a guest joining us that played the uh, game, we like to bring out the vault, the highlight reel, uh, if you will, and, and something from the past that uh, may be taking our guest by surprise. But, you know, it's funny. You mentioned you had to fight for everything you got. Sounds like our guest last week, Jay Rosehill, the same situation uh, where, you know, Not basically – Tough, tough customer. Yeah. What was that? I said I played against Rosie. He's a tough yes. guy. Yes, he, he sure is. He sure is. And we actually put some of his uh, fights on display. And we got one of yours, Curtis, that we found here uh, that we're going to show here on the. If you're watching, at least on the uh, ice uh, on the YouTube uh, edition uh, of the Ice Guys, you'll be able to uh, see this. But uh, this was from one of your ECHL Tillies here against uh, oh, Simon back. Ferguson from 2011. Oh, yeah, Fergie, he was bugging me. I was 11 hurt. years ago. <laughs> I got one. Okay. After, after, I'll tell you after. All right, let's roll it. Okay. Fraser, up ahead for Nunn. Gary Nunn comes over the blue line. Behind the play, we got a fight, and it's Ferguson and Fraser. Fraser dropping the gloves, has the jersey over Ferguson's head, throwing uppercuts, now delivering rights. Right to the head of Ferguson and takes him down to the ice. I love those minor league announcers that call fights. They get into it, man. Yeah. The passion. Enthusiasm. Uh, Fraser and Ferguson behind the play were entangled and Curtis. You know, got the uh, jersey over his head and started pounding. I had someone a long time ago that said, I don't like it when guys do that. It's an unfair advantage. Well, you're trying to win the fight. Like, you know, if you got that opportunity, you know, it's not your fault. You know, he ended up getting the uh, jersey over his head, couldn't see. If you can gain an advantage, gain the advantage. Yeah, that you know what too, like you should have had to shorten up that fight trap and it wouldn't have happened, right? Yeah. So it's kind of his fault. <laughs> but it's happened to me too, because once you once it goes over your head and you got that strap on, you can't get out. So you're just watching the jersey punch you in the face. So you you, you know, you gotta make sure that strap's tight. But no, that game, so because I didn't play, I kind of dabbled in the coast. So mm-hmm. and I was I had an Alaska connection, so I went to college in alaska and so when if i got hurt or something or someone was going to send me down alaska always held my rights um and i got hurt in pittsburgh i was with pittsburgh and we were playing ottawa in exhibition and i blew my shoulder out and then they're like okay well you can't play this year basically um so i went back to alaska and just finished my my degree so i kind of always kind of went back there but you know it's funny because my son will be like well dad all you did was fight and i'm like well no that's just all they took video of when i was playing like i wasn't i can vouch for that i'm looking at curtis razor highlights last night getting ready for the show because we wanted to bring a a, show a clip of uh, your playing days and everything was a fight pretty much yeah it's just like they didn't do that i didn't have video like i got highlights on like a vhs from alaska Mm -hmm. you know but you know, so I kind of got to explain. I'm like, well, I probably fought like every 10 games. Like I was more of a middleweight. Rosie was tougher than me, bigger guy, right? But uh, but that in that game, Brent Thompson's the coach. And Ferguson was running around like a donkey, right? He's a buddy, so I don't mind saying that. He, Yeah, he was being a donkey. And and Tomer, Brent Thompson, he coached in the American League now. He was assistant with the Islanders too. Mm-hmm. Great hockey coach. Tough as, tough as nails, like – and uh, he goes, phrase. he's like, how long are you going to watch this? And I'm like, I kind of look back and I'm like, what? And he's like, he's like, how long are you going to watch this guy run around? Right. And I'm like, basically, you know, go, go handle it, go have a chat. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if it doesn't go well, then you know where that's going to go. Right. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I didn't even have a chat. I just jumped over the boards and <laughs> Nothing like a little persuasion. He became, <laughs> he, became he was he was uh he was getting it. 
right? But that's the kind of stuff you miss, like the stories, right? Sure. That. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, if you ask me for a highlight reel, I had one from Austria and it had all the whole goals, all the goals I had from the, from the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not on the internet. So like all these kids that look me up, just think I'm a scrapper. No, I mean, it was, you know, looking at the stats, like I said, yeah, 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 you know, two seasons in Austria, total of uh, 33 goals. So, you know, like I said, you, you were no slouch. You, you held your own for sure. But one question I want to ask you is about, like I said, you played four years in, in, at Alaska College, played a couple of years with the Aces in, in, the, in the coast. How was that, like, travel? Because, you know, obviously, you know, you're in a completely different time zone. Uh, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of times where I know, especially in the coast, where those teams would come play you guys. You know, they play three games in a row so they can get you guys out of the way from a travel perspective and then get back. But then you, you guys would be on the mainland for a while. Like, like you know, just kind of describe how that was, especially from the transition of playing college in Alaska to pro in Alaska. I'm sure that was a, a probably different thing, too, with the, the travel kind of uh, setup. Yeah, like the travel wasn't good. But mm -hmm. to be honest, like I got used to it. So, like. I remember the first year. So Alaska in the winter is dark, like very dark. So like, it'll be dark at, you know, four o'clock, three o'clock. Like you're, you, you wake up in the morning, you're going to school at eight and it's nice. Shit, I thought it was bad here with the darkness. No, no, no. It's worse there. It, it is <laughs> nice. so like eight in the morning. It's night, like stars and the Northern lights are going across the sky. Like, um, but you kind of get used to it. And, you know, if you played on Friday, you, it's four hour difference, right? Because, yeah. like, for like, you know, if you're going to Chicago, so we'd always fly to Chicago or Detroit mm -hmm. from Fairbanks, and lots of times we'd take the night flight. So if it was like Wednesday, you know, Wednesday at ten o'clock at night, we would fly through the night mm -hmm. to, to Chicago, right? And then we'd be there on Thursday. We'd go to practice, which was hell on wheels. Like when you. You know, but they just wanted to get the crap out of your legs and just get you on the ice, and then they send you back. But you can't go to bed because right. if you do, you're going to be up all night. So you're just fighting it, fighting it, fighting it on Thursday to go to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. right? doing anything you can to stay up. And then at 10 o'clock the next day, by Friday, you got it figured out. And if we were in Michigan or, you know, Wisconsin or North Dakota, wherever we were, by Friday, you had it sorted. Um, but yeah, and then pro, we would just do longer trips because we didn't have school. So, right. you know, based in college, it was basically like a you were there for a week and you were gone for a week. Okay. And in pro, you're gone for two weeks, home for two weeks. So you mm -hmm. just kind of go, you know, kind of kind of go longer. You know, it, when I played in San Antonio, my first year pro, they have a big rodeo there. Oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a big rodeo, and you'd go on like a three week road trip. Yep. Right. So you wouldn't have a home game for three weeks. Like it was, it was crazy, but you know, you, you kind of just get, get used to it, man. Yeah. The travel, the time changes. That's why I had people saying, Oh, Ian, you grew up a Sabre fan deep down inside. You still love the Sabres. And I had people saying, Oh, don't make excuses, Ian, that they lost to Montreal last week at home. And like, what the hell do you want this team to do in that spot? And yeah. you, you verified it for us right here, Curtis, with the travel situations. I mean, if you think, you know, that's bullshit. If you think it was all just that they played bad, they played in Seattle, you know, on that, uh, what was it? The Monday night or the Tuesday night at the end of that road trip, the very long one that they had through Western Canada, then Seattle, they played Tuesday night, 10 PM Eastern time. They've got to play in Buffalo Thursday night. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, one day off between games, less than 48 hours later. And you're going to tell me that the travel and the time change and uh, that first home game after that brutal, long, brutally long road trip didn't play a factor in how poorly they played? Come on. That definitely no, you're right. You're right. You want, you know, as a coach, you want that consistency. But when you actually think about it, like, didn't they sweep the West? Like, didn't they beat everybody? Except Seattle. The last yeah. game was the one they threw up a clunker. They swept Western Canada, which nobody does. No one does. Edmonton, that. Calgary, no. and Vancouver. They won all three Buffalo out there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like that. It's hard to win in, in Western Canada. You know, like you get Edmonton, you get Calgary, and then you get, you know, Vancouver, Seattle. Like, yeah, if you're going to travel like that. And, and you know what? Sometimes they're allowed to – they're allowed an egg, right, right. After, yeah. how well, after, after how well they played. Um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get it every night. You're going to strive for it, but you're not, you just don't have it.
Yeah, there's no question uh, about that. Uh, all right, let's let's talk some NHL. I mean, there's lots to talk about. Last night, we'll start there with a, a recap. Uh, Curtis, I know you were at the Canucks game. I don't, you may not have gotten as uh, much to see or a chance to see much of the uh, Tuesday night uh, game. So we'll just let you talk just in general observations, things you've seen so far this year in the NFL teams that have, you know, uh, uh, impressed you, disappointed you players that have impressed you or disappointed you. We'll let you talk about that as well. But for uh, Alex and I, the recap for uh, last night, you know, we saw a crazy finish with Ottawa Tampa because Tampa looked like they were going to put the game away with an empty net goal with seconds left. Brady Kachuk then has a breakaway right after that on a stretch pass, and he misses the net uh, with a chance to tie the game. And Tampa Bay with a 4-3 win. one nothing Rangers in a great goaltending battle. Shesterkin and Hart. The Vegas Golden Knights continue to roll along. Sluggish start, but they overcome it and beat Washington 3-2. I've been so impressed with Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights this year. They're having a great start to the year. Minnesota downs Montreal 4-1 as the ownage of Marc-Andre Fleury uh, over the Montreal Canadiens uh, continues. Uh, no question about that. doesn't matter where he plays them uh, at this point. He just plays very well uh, against that team. Uh, we had uh, Islanders beat Chicago 3-1. Uh, uh, of course, an injury to Alex Stalock in that game and a collision with Casey Sezikis. I'm sure Alex will bring that up when he talks about last night. Dallas beats L.A. 5-2. Uh, Edmonton just uh, pummels Nashville 7-4. Nobody has any issue talking about how Sheldon Keefe's job is on the line and harping on that over and over because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. People got to start talking about John Hines at this point with uh, Nashville. This has been a disappointing start to the year. Uh, he's a coach that I thought New Jersey never got better under his watch. And you can argue Nashville's getting worse right now uh, under his watch. So a bad loss for them. there, seven to four. They just got behind two big early, horrible defensive play. Uh, Seattle with a stunning uh, five, four comeback win over the Calgary flames uh, last night. And, and I love the question Sutter was asked. We had another Sutter gem. We seem to always get one after every press conference of his where he's asked, you know, did you have, did your team have the emotional, you know, engagement that you wanted from them tonight? And he says, I, I think the building could have been a lot louder. He said that that's basically him calling out the saddle dome uh, faithful. Not apparently it was uh, not a very loud environment, maybe because of your opponent, Seattle, but uh, that definitely played a part in it. Uh, New Jersey beats Vancouver five, two. They keep playing absolutely phenomenal hockey right now. Uh, Arizona gets their first uh, win in the mullet house, uh, mullet arena with a three, one win over Florida. Really? It was an incredible, it was unbelievable. Florida did not tie that game with the net empty, everything, but score blocked shots, you know, hitting the side of the net. Corral Vamelka was immense uh, late in that game to preserve the lead uh, in net for the coyotes. So it was a great win there. Three, one uh, Anaheim cashing my best bet, although it was a sweat the entire way. Uh, my ice guy's best bet from yesterday cashes Anaheim plus 120. They win in, over, in a shootout, rather, against San Jose, 6-5, to five, spoiling a hat trick from Eric Carlson. And I said this on Twitter. we got to start betting some Eric Carlson goal props. I'm already worried we've lost some value here with this run he's put together, but he's shooting the puck from everywhere. He looks as healthy as he's looked in years, and, and he's got that offensive uh, touch back again, uh, something to keep him in eye of on moving forward. Uh, and uh, we saw Dallas beat L.A. 5-2. And, of course, uh, maybe the uh, game of the night and certainly the comeback of the night, the Boston Bruins uh, down 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they roar back to win 6-5 uh, last night after trailing Pittsburgh 5-2 in that game. So much to talk about. Jeremy Swayman gets hurt after Linus Allmark gets pulled, and then Linus Allmark has to come back and finish the game, and he doesn't give up a goal uh, after he came back into the game. So incredible job by the Bruins. They are relentless. They never give up on, up on a game. And here they are. What are they now? Nine and one uh, here uh, to begin the season. An incredible start for the Bruins. And when you factor in, they've had key personnel out for multiple games. It's been an impressive 10 games to begin the season for the Boston Bruins. Alex, uh, your thoughts on the Tuesday night uh, yeah. part? We'll start with that game, and, and even I mean I had three uh, pretty no decent sized bets, but my biggest bet was the Boston Bruins, and that was the best bet on on this uh, show as well. And all three games that I had, the, the side I was on gave up a goal within like the first minute. You know, it's a lesson to never overreact when you see a game happen. You'll know, let the full game play out. And I end up going two and one for the night. 
would have been three and zero if I had had Vegas regular money line instead of regulation. But uh, the Boston Bruins game, I mean, that was just a lot of fun to watch. It was that was nerve wracking to have a best bet on. You know, your team's down five two. You think this one's just completely over, but the resiliency they showed and and you know we we knew the fatigue factor was going to be there with Pittsburgh off the long trip. Just talked about also a Western Canadian and Seattle trip coming back home playing a red hot Boston team who now they've won nine of the first ten games for the first time in franchise history. French has been around about what 95 years or so, 90, I think 91 years to be exact. Um, so, you know, a hell of a win. Jeremy Swayman should be very thankful that they have breakaway moorings because if, if those moorings were posted down the way they were back in the old days, he'd had a broken leg. That was a really bad injury. I haven't heard yep. the update yet, but to see his knee, it looked like he might have hyperextended his knee or strained something. But that was just a, a oh, really that 80s, 90s injury. nets. Oh, 100% right. Yeah, That's an excellent yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. you could see it from the goal cam, his leg just kick out and his knee go back. It was it was hard to watch. I'm glad they didn't keep repeating it on ESPN. But uh hope that he's going to be all right. Linus Olmark said, looked rusty at the start, but then comes back out cold and, you know, uh, makes the big saves he needs to. And Boston, like I said, just, just marching back and marching through. And uh, the rumors of the Bruins' demise have been greatly exaggerated right now. This team is, is firing on all cylinders. Like I said, everybody getting everybody back healthy. Uh, you know, the older guy, of course, Krejci goes down, but he was looking good when he was playing there. Patrice Bergeron was crashing hard in that. He's, you know, uh, you know, just always around, just kind of buzzing around. Even at 37 years of age, he's still skating like prime uh, Bergeron. And Mario Marchand, you know, once he can get healthy, the way he can start playing, con- you know, consecutive games, uh, look out. You know, this this, this Bruins team, like I said, I thought they were going to be kind of falling apart. I thought the goaltending was going to be a bit shaky. Uh, old Mark is, is earning every dollar of his contract right now, and, and that offense is rocking and rolling. So uh, hats off to them. Philly and New York, an absolute snooze fest. And, and at first I wasn't going to pe- play anything on this game, and then all of a sudden I said, you know what, this feels like it might be a draw. And I'm glad I went and, went and did that. Plus 400, one nothing in the shootout. Uh, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess high, high drama if you're a fan of defense for sure. But, uh, uh, you know, actually it was overtime. Kreider scored in. Oh, overtime. was it overtime? It was yeah. overtime. Okay. So over the OT. All right. But so then again, right. everybody fell asleep. So they wouldn't have known. <laughs> right. That's a, I kept checking the scores. I'm like, well, okay, there's no score. There's no score. And I'm thinking like, is this not refreshing or no, there's just nothing that happened. So, uh, you know, I guess hopefully maybe does that mean Philly will be a bit rested for, uh. You know, tonight's game against Toronto, they didn't, you know, didn't do much offensively. They had to just kind of work on the back end, but uh, it remains to be seen. And of course, the Hawks and Islanders game, really unfortunate to see Alex Stalock, who, you know, kind of wondered where his head was at. You know, he'd been coming off of, uh, of you know, the long COVID issues and injury issues for his career, you know, kind of just playing out the string of his career and having a great year. All of a sudden he gets hit, the dirty hit by Casey Zizekas. Zizekas got a five-minute uh, five uh, major, a game misconduct, and then – Thinking you're gonna get he's gonna get suspension, but we know how player safety works. They spin that wheel and whatever the hell it lands on, they just give out whatever it is. And it landed on a five thousand dollar fine, which is the maximum allowed by the CBA. No game suspension. He'll be coming back for the next Owls game, and uh, that's just unfortunate to see. And hopefully, Staylock will be healthy in due time. He's in concussion protocol. The Hawks uh, signed Dylan Wells, who was a AHO guy. He was mostly with the Edmonton organization uh, for a couple of years. Played with the Wolves. Played with Rockford. His numbers aren't that good. Uh, so you got Soderblom and Wells as your tandem. Yep. Now might be the time where we see that old Tank uh, fire up the engine again for the Hawks. It, it may be rough tread ahead with those two guys in there. Yeah, Tank Nation is on again with the uh, Chicago Blonde. Yeah, with Arvid Soderblom and uh, Dylan Wells as your goaltenders. Because Morozik's on IR. Right. There's no telling how long Alex Stalock is going to be out now. Uh, for the uh, Blackhawks. And look, those weren't, uh, that wasn't the uh, Bernie Perrant Grant Fuhr combination by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, Mrazic and, uh, and, uh, Stalock, yeah. and Stalock. And now all of a sudden, you've got probably lesser than that with uh, Soderblom and Dylan Wells now. Yeah. So, how the puck's going to stay out of the net now uh, if you're Chicago uh, defensively? And you knew the moment that five minute power play came and went and they didn't capitalize on it, they were losing that hockey game. Yeah, definitely. And that's exactly what ended up uh, happening against the Islanders last <laughs> night. Uh, Curtis, you can talk about the Canucks game, anything last night, just NHL in general, teams that, it's, that have impressed you, disappointed you. What do you think? Well, last night I was a little bit out of touch, but, you know, you know with what Chicago's doing, you know, they lost last night. I didn't even know that. Because uh, I was at the game, but I follow them a little bit just because I have a couple buddies over there. But um, yeah, Chicago was doing better than I thought they were going to do, right? Vancouver's doing worse than I thought they were going to do, right? But like looking to looking to tonight and talking about the Maple Leafs, and I know you 
you mentioned it too about Keith's job being on the line and all those things. It's it's I still find it really hard to bet against those guys because there's so many talents there. So like from a from my standpoint, I'm looking at you know the Maple Leafs and people are chirping about them, but if they just put it together, that's a really good hockey team. If they can all find their roles and and this is what you do for the, you know what I mean? Like they're all, there's just so many, so many weapons that, you know, you don't need that many weapons. So someone has to become, you know, whatever it is, you know, a, a passer, a puck mover, or some, something like that, because, you know, someone else is going to score. I used to play with this guy, uh, Kyle Greentree. And, you know, he should still be in the NHL now. That guy is so good. And I grew up with him. But like when me and him played together, he was a better hockey player than me. So he had to get me the puck, not me get him the puck. And once we figured that out, that I had to be the trigger, he had to get me the puck. Because if he reversed it, I couldn't get him the puck as much. Like I just wasn't as good as him. Right. So I think I think with the Toronto, they just got to figure out how to play together. Um, you know, you got to go to the apple farm, not me. That's what you got to yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's hard for players to figure that out. Right. And I think that's what Keith's hardest job is, is how to manage that. You know, it's not about coaching. The guy's probably an unbelievable coach. It's about how do you get those guys to work together? Right. Which has nothing to do with, it's like, you know, managing relationships. It's not about what kind of coach you are or X's and O's. Like he has to manage those things. And, you know um, yeah, in general though, I, you know, I think there's lots to talk about and, you know, like a seven-four game against Nashville, like Edmonton. Holy smokes! Like they're just—if they can play defense, like they're scary. If they just learn how to, you know, Definitely. not give up four goals, not give up five goals, because they can scoring is not their issue. Um, and then you look at, you know, look at a look at a Vancouver. You want to talk about someone's job on the line, right? As our team was had zero expectations last year. Boudot comes in and he built expectations with that run they put together at the end of the season. And, you know, he built those expectations for people. Then we got better. We got some players to sign here, like a Kuzmenko and, you know, a free agent signing that we competed for. He signs here. So now the fan base thinks we're better, you know, maybe better than we actually are. Um, and now his job's on the line. You know, if that, especially after last night, you think, you think that, Vancouver would have had a push against New Jersey and there was nothing, nothing of it. Right. The only guy that really had anything was showed some fire. was Shen. Right. That's right. Luke Shen got in a scrap last night. Yeah. Yeah. He showed something, right. If you're, yep. if you're losing, give me something, right. Get on the score sheet somehow. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all I and got. Horvat, the captain, he had a pretty good night. Other than that, it was pretty quiet. Yeah. And he, he always has a good night. It seems right. Like, that's he's a really good captain leads by example works hard you know nothing else is going right he usually drags he's trying to drag him into the fight right and yeah. and that's why he's the captain he is two goals by the way in back-to-back -back games for the captain of the vancouver canucks uh, bo horvat scored twice against pittsburgh and twice last night got both of their goals last night in the loss against the uh new jersey uh devils uh, so uh, we'll see if uh, Vancouver can uh, eventually turn it around. Uh, let's get into Wednesday's slate. It's a mini slate. It's not a big one. It's only two games, and we will start with, oh, my gosh, are the eyeballs of the hockey world going to be on Toronto tonight because the pressure is mounted. It was a embarrassing – let's call it – that's the word. I mean, you could say, Ian, you're being harsh again. It was embarrassing. You were expecting better than not winning anything against San Jose, Anaheim, and L.A., that trio and that's exactly what happened plus they lost the vegas game uh, before that but vegas is really good uh philadelphia and toronto uh the leafs minus 320 home favorites six and a half the total curtis i'll ask you before we break this game down are they as apathetic to the leafs on the left coast as i think they are because i keep hearing from people that say when the leaf fans are complaining or they talk the leafs all the time People in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, those Western Canadian markets are like, shut the fuck up with shit about the Leafs all the time. I'm not interested. I turn a blind eye. You know, I, I, it's almost like put, uh, you know, uh, uh, put something to block your hearing there. Uh, you know, just we don't want to hear it. We don't want to see it. We don't want to hear anything. We It's leaf overload. And I know there's a lot of people out there in Western Canada, Curtis, they don't appreciate it. Yeah, we... It's almost like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like 
there's a lot of Leaf fans scattered throughout the world, obviously because probably because of the population of Ontario is so much bigger than uh, than out here. But yeah, we don't want to hear about uh, it's even even we don't like Vancouver. We don't want to hear about the Oilers, and we don't want to hear about the Maple Leafs. Calgary, yeah. okay, we don't really hate them as much as we hate the Oilers and we hate Toronto. Um, you know, if you ask my dad about Oilers, he'd just start chirping about how they got so many first round draft picks over the years and and, and no wonder they're good right? <laughs> Vancouver didn't get that right but then you'd argue that you know we traded everything away and we just stopped paying Luongo so you know at, at the same time you're right we'd hate the Maple Leafs um, but you know with the weapons it's it's a pretty nice hot like even Philadelphia has been playing well they're five two and two coming into tonight right but I still have a hard time going against the Maple Leafs because of what the how the West went. That didn't go well. They should be ready to play. Like, you know what I mean? Those guys aren't stupid. They don't read the papers, but they know what everyone's saying in the papers, right? Like, I think you're going to see some fire tonight of the Maple Leafs, but I also thought you'd get some of Vancouver, and I was wrong about that. So what do I know? <laughs> no, they should. Like, look, if you're the Leafs, it, every, they're talking about being ready. From the opening puck drop, although I've heard this nonsense multiple times on that debacle of a road trip, too, that we're going to be ready to go from the opening puck drop. But you couldn't have set this up. Actually, you know what? The one thing that's troublesome for the Leafs is they're back home off the long road trip. That's a tricky spot, usually. But they get two days off, and that was the key. The schedule makers did a favor. Shocker, schedule makers do Toronto a solid. Can't do the same for Buffalo, though. You know, give them two days off after the road trip instead of one. Uh, so they get actually at least a couple of days uh, of downtime following the Anaheim game on Sunday, which should help them out. Plus, they get Philly a little bit tired. Uh, second night of back-to-back for the uh, Flyers on the road after a, a very intense physical game that was. There were a lot of scrums after the whistle last night in that Flyers-Rangers game uh, as well. So you wonder how much is going to be in the tank for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers going into tonight on this back-to-back. So I think the, the, the situations and the rest, you know, the discussion when it comes to this game kind of cancels itself out where you've got Toronto off the road trip, but you've also got Philly second night of back-to-back games. We expect Felix Sandstrom to be the goalie tonight for the uh, Flyers after it was Carter Hart uh, last night. And it is indeed Sandstrom. It's just been confirmed. It looks like uh, 0-2, 3.13 goals against 900 save percentage, his numbers this year. Uh, of course, it'll be Ilya Samsonov for the uh, Leafs who to be, to me, even in defeat, he's been pretty good for this team this year, 2.35 goals against average, 9.20 save percentage. Like I said, the game against the Kings, he was in net. They lost 4-2. He's lost each of his last two starts, the Vegas game as well, but I thought he played very well in both games. The defense hung him out to dry. Uh, They didn't play well in front of Samsonov in either game, the Vegas game or the LA game, so you have to factor that in. I'm really not involved in this from a side or a totals perspective. This is going to be more of a prop a game for me. And when it, you look at the props here for uh, this game, for the Philadelphia Flyers, Scott Lawton, someone to keep an eye on because he's leading the team in expected goals this season. And yet, and he's had a bunch of chances. And his goal score prop number in this game tonight in many books is as high as plus 350, plus 360. I think it's pretty good value. He should be uh, a guy, he's, he's had chances. And he's leading the team, like I said, in expected goals uh, coming into this uh, game tonight. So I think there's maybe a little goal score prop value on him. Even someone like Wade Allison, uh, believe it or not, too. Uh, He's actually had a bunch of chances. The puck hasn't always gone in for him. Uh, And you can get him at a a huge price, uh, plus 500 in some spots to score a goal. If you're really looking for the Ian Cameron bargain bin for goal score player props, and you know I like to do that, uh, those are two good options for uh, Philadelphia uh, going into tonight's game. As far as the Leafs go uh, in that department, uh, there's good to make a few line changes tonight. The main one being, and I don't get what Sheldon keeps doing here. Uh, and I, 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 I've liked him as a coach for the most part. I've, I've had more positive things to say about Keith than negative, but I don't get that when this team has had a little bit of an issue trying to find that traction offensively, especially with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Those three guys in particular have had slower starts than you expect. You need some offense, and the guy you're taking out is Nick Robertson from the lineup tonight. A guy that's, you know, he's at, he's been quiet on that road trip, but the, the big night that he had was at home in Toronto. Young players often are more comfortable playing on home ice, 
This is a home game. He was great against Dallas in that first game, and you need some offense, and you took him out, and you're keeping guys like, you know, Pierre Engvall's done nothing for you this season. He's had a terrible year. Aston Reese is still in the lineup. What's he done uh, on the fourth line? It's a, it's a confounding decision, uh, in my opinion, for Sheldon Keefe to go this route. And the one guy he takes out, you know, is Nick Robertson. So that's disappointing to me. Pontus Holmberg has been called up from the American Hockey League, and he'll be in the lineup on the third line. He was scoring down there, and you can get plus 600 for him to score tonight. So I'm going to do that, a little roll of the dice, insert it into the lineup, making his NHL debut tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Pontus Holmberg, uh, plus 600 goal scorer prop. So, hey, we had one of these last night with Mason Shaw. Uh, of the Minnesota Wild, Terry was onto it. I was onto it uh, that he's you know up now with the big club and getting a second line spot. And plus five seventy five was the price at some books with Mason Shaw last night, uh, and it came through. So uh, definitely uh, a, a situation where you could find some value in a guy that's getting that first opportunity, first crack at it in the National Hockey League, and you've got that with Pontus Holmberg tonight uh, for Toronto. Uh, I think Kerfoot. Would be a little bit of a prop value for the Leafs as well tonight, uh, if you ask me. Uh, and Yarncroke as well, because Yarncroke's someone that should be scoring more than he has so far based on the chances. So there's some props that you can consider for this game, and that's what this game's going to be. It's all going to be player props, nothing for me side or total uh, in this game. Alex, what do you think, Flyers-Leafs? Yeah, this is a, a tough game, honestly. And and even trying to look at some of the first period numbers, these two teams don't do much early in the, in the game. They kind of make their changes later on. Uh, you don't have much much scoring at, at all right off, right off the jump. And of course, like I said, with Philly, uh, you know, shut out in, in that game one nothing last night. And you think they want to try to come out with some some firepower early because that's usually how you can get to Toronto, especially uh, playing them at home. But like I said, the Leafs they're going to be dedicated to you know trying to get things right. They've got eight of their next ten games at home after that long road trip. They've got a couple of of, of solo uh, road trips in, in the mix, but most of their games are going to be home for the, the next couple of weeks. So. Uh, you know, maybe some home cooking might do them a little good. So I kind of want to lean with the first period puck line on the Maple Leafs, but there's not enough value there. Even at plus 100, plus 105, I'd like to get a better number. So this is going to be one I'll probably tune into and, and look for some uh, in-game wagering opportunities. All right, so maybe a live in-game shot. All right, Curtis, what do you think here, Flyers-Leafs? Well, I'm just trying to follow what you guys are saying. <laughs> Props? Do you mean like you just bet that the players? Who do you think is going to score tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I'm I'm starting to feel it now, but you know what? I some like people. Toronto. Some people think this is a night for Austin Matthews to explode because he's due. At some point, he's going to maybe find the back of the net and explode. I don't know. I'd like to see what's it. His, before what's I his line though? If he scored, what's? How well, you're he... not getting the same kind of price, obviously, with him as you would, you know, like for instance, Austin Matthews tonight. I think the best prices out there for him to score, are like plus one hundred four at Pinnacle. Yeah. Most books have a minus 120, minus 125. I'm even seeing DraftKings as minus 170 for him yeah. to score tonight. And and just a quick thing, when you look at those those props on on betting on players to either score a goal or or get a point or get uh you know sometimes they'll be over under so you know one and a half points. And when you look at those top tier players like a a, a Matt Austin Matthews for example, your best bet is to try to go and get where. One and a half points. So you're hoping he gets a goal and assist or two goals or two assists as opposed to just getting the one goal because he said chances are he's going to get a goal. He's one of the best players on, on the on the ice for either side most of the time. So they'll they'll juice the number up to where you're laying a dollar seventy instead of getting a, a plus price in return. So usually when I look at those those top tier players, I try to go for plus one, you know, uh plus over one and a half points. Or, yes. you know, you bet him to score two goals if you think, you know, it's a team where he has a good edge. I know everybody was looking at Leon Dreisaitl the, the other night where he yep. had uh, nine, what, 17 goals in nine games against Nashville. Yep. And uh, I, think he ended up with, I think he ended up with a goal and he had a point. Uh, so he had an assist as well, so two points. Yep. So that's that's kind of way you can attack that. Yeah, over yeah, one and a half points, yeah, with the, with, the, with like a superstar player because you'll get better value, yeah. Yeah, so I like Toronto. They're at home. You think they need a push. They had a bad road trip. I'm I'm all I think Toronto will show up tonight. Oh, uh, the guys and their you know their effort will be there. Who knows what happens? It's hockey, you never know. But you know I like Toronto. You'd like to hope so because it's going to be DefCon Five tonight uh, in uh, Leaf Nation. If uh, this goes the wrong way uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, because you're right, it's it's set up nicely for them. 
Philadelphia is at a surprising start, but you don't necessarily expect them to be great for the rest of the season. There's going to be a leveling off probably with Philadelphia at some point. That being said, they work their asses off this team, and it shouldn't be a surprise under Tortorella that they've improved defensively. Uh, that's what he demands. And keep in mind, they've had a ton of players out. So, you know, there's that thought, too, that maybe Philly's not going anywhere. Maybe they're when they get Sean Couturier back, when they get Cam Atkinson back, when they get James Van Riemsdyk back, or as uh, Don Cherry called him, James Van Beesbrook, uh, you know, when they get him back, uh, you know, they're going to be a better hockey team. Uh, so when you look at it, it, maybe there's some truth to that. Like, they have a lot of key personnel out. And the fact that Torts has managed to steer this team to an above 500 record through the first month of the season with this collection, that's shocking to me. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. Though, they're Alex. talented, but, you know, they always say the shit rinses out with the soap in the wash. So I think it's, at some point we'll see Philly kind of kind of turn down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. And sometimes, too, when everybody comes back, everybody relaxes, too, and says, hey, we got our guys back. And then they don't get the contributions you got from the other players down the lineup because everybody just expects the uh, big guns to step, show up and produce and sometimes actually throws off chemistry. When you're playing well without all these key players, then they come back and kind of throws things out of whack a little bit. Uh, speaking of a team that's out of whack right now, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and here they are laying minus 120 uh, on the road against the Buffalo Sabres tonight, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, the Penguins just continue to find ways to lose. And that was just that that can't happen if you're Pittsburgh last night. I mean, you're up five to two uh, against Boston. And say what you will about again, talked about it, how good this Bruins team has been. Uh, they are they're relentless. They don't give up on a game when they're trailing. Uh, they they come back. They almost did that, I remember, against Ottawa earlier this year. They were down big early and they made a game of that. They ended up losing it, but still they battled right till the end. And that's been Boston this year. That being said, you ca you've got to be able to close out a game when you're up five to two on home ice, the way the Penguins were last night. So it's not it's an awful way to lose uh, in that game. Mike Sullivan says we're learning the hard way right now. If we want to be the team we want to become, we can't beat ourselves. And yeah, that's basically him saying we're we're doing all the little things wrong right now. We're not clearing pucks out of the zone. We're being hemmed in. We're turning the puck over multiple penguins and i'm even seeing crosby turn the puck over last night uh, in that game when when number 87 you know is doing that shit you know the uh, shack o'neill always says for the nba on the nba on tnt when the general leads the troops will follow well if the general's leading by uh, treating the puck like a hand grenade and turning it over you know that's not good uh for uh, getting everybody else in line so the Penguins have issues. Jari has taken a, a, a fall and a decline in his play, I think, in recent games. Uh, in net, that's a problem. Pittsburgh's turning the puck over. Their defensive play has really struggled. Uh, and offensively on that road trip, they were not lighting it up at all. They finally get five goals, and the offense comes to life. Uh, Gensel and Zucker came back at the end of that road trip. Now they're giving up six, and they blow up three-goal leads. So it's a crisis of confidence at the moment. Every team goes through this, right? And Curtis definitely can speak to that, I'm sure. Eight long season, everybody's going to go through a really bad rough patch at some point, even the best teams. And Pittsburgh's going through that right now, a five-game losing streak. And now after the road trip as well, they come back for one home game. Think about this bad scheduling uh, hand that they've been dealt. Uh, by the schedule makers long road trip back home uh, against uh, Boston for one game. And now they got him out there on a back to back going on the road again. Now I know it's short travel Pittsburgh to Buffalo, but still uh, it's just uh, not a good advantageous situation for Pittsburgh. Buffalo uh, obviously playing some really good hockey to begin the year. Uh, they have won uh, the last two games on this homestand after the bad spot against Montreal. Uh, they bounced back to a uh, beat Chicago and Detroit 12 to six, a combined score uh, in those two games. I like Buffalo here uh, at a home underdog price. They've got momentum. Pittsburgh's reeling. Uh, I think at plus 100, plus 105. I'm looking at the Sabres. Eric Comrie is a net uh, for them. He's had a solid start to the year, uh, three and three uh, for him coming into this game. Uh, he did, has given up three goals or more in four straight games, but Sabres are having the offense to, uh, they can handle that. The goalie gives up three or more. We've got offense right now. I also like over the total here, six and a half, a minus 115. Casey DeSmith on the back-to-back, -back, as you would expect, will be the goalie. His numbers aren't bad. 2.97 goals against 9.13 save percentage, but winless, 0-2 uh, 
uh, are the Pittsburgh Penguins in his start. So I like Buffalo here and this game to also uh, go over uh, the total. And as far as props go uh, in this game, there's a few that I, that stand out to me uh, when I look at it. Uh, from the Pittsburgh side of it, if you're going to look at someone right now, it's probably Ricard Raquel. You know, he's been very solid. There are a lot of props I like on the Buffalo side uh, tonight. And we know Tage Thompson had the six points, three goals, three assists against Detroit. But Darlene is always a threat to score right now from the blue line for this Sabres team. And you can once again get him uh, at great uh, prices to find the back of the net somewhere in the range of plus 370, uh, which is an absolutely outstanding price. And his expected goals numbers are good. Same with Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins for the year. Uh, you look at his expected goals numbers, they're standing right now at 3.43. Uh, he's actually leading the team in expected goals at five on five, even strength, uh, Dylan Cousins. So he has been around the front of the net. I think the dam could burst for him at some point, and he finds uh, even more offensive uh, precision and uh, ability to put the puck in. And he's plus 340 in some spots to score a goal. And I'm going to go back to the well as, uh, tonight in this game as well with Kyle Poso who has been moved up to the top line for the Buffalo Sabres. Tage Thompson and Skinner got all the goals the other night on that top line. Those are his line mates. He didn't get any from Ocposo against Detroit, but he was all over the puck. He had multiple assists uh, in that game, and he did have three shots on goal and a couple of really good chances. He missed a, an open net on one of them, Kyle Ocposo, and you can get as high as plus 425 for him to score a goal, and you can find that at DraftKings right now. He's on the top line with Skinner and with Thompson, and he's plus 425 to score a goal tonight. Kyle Ocpo, so that is outstanding uh, value. I took it against Detroit. He Again, he had a bunch of chances. He only got two assists, no goal. But I think at some point he has the kind of offensive impact he had against Detroit. He's going to score a goal, and hopefully that's tonight for the uh, Sabres. Alex, what do you think here, Pittsburgh-Buffalo? Yeah, this is a tough one from uh, a side and total perspective in my, in my eyes. You know, Buffalo, I'd like to take them if they were a little bit higher of a dog. Even money sounds about right, especially except with the scheduling spot for Pittsburgh. Back-to-back -back off of a tough overtime game where they blew a lead and off of the road trip before that. Uh, so, you know, Pittsburgh probably looking forward to having those couple of days off before they uh, play after this one. So this could be one of those kind of sleepwalk mode games or this could be one where they say, hey, we need to, you know, gear up and let's let's, you know, go into this couple of days of a break with a win. So I want to kind of feel it out, but I'm going to take a shot here with the regulation draw at plus 340. The last two meetings, actually the last four meetings, two of them have gone to OT. The other two that went to end in regulation were decided by one goal and low scoring games, two to one and one nothing. Uh, we already saw Pittsburgh, I said, last night go into a game in, in OT. We've seen instances of teams play back-to-back -back games or, or you know, two games in three nights, and both those games go into overtime or a shootout. So uh, I could expect to see a close one. And like I said, it could be a high scoring, maybe 3-3 game that goes OT, or it could be a 1-1 game that goes OT. But we just need to go past 60 to cash the ticket. We got one last night. I hope to get one here tonight with the Penguins and Sabres on the draw. Yeah, the draw king has been uh, feeling it lately, and that's our guy Alex B. Smith with the draws. Uh, and here he goes looking for another one here with the Penguins and uh, the Sabres. Uh, Pittsburgh was in this spot, I remember, during that road trip of theirs where it was a back-to-back, -back, struggling, needing a win. You'd expect urgency, desperation. You'd expect it tonight as well after blowing the game last night, but they played Seattle and they still lost on the back-to-back uh, -back after losing to Vancouver. Uh, so they're in this same spot again, back-to-back -back after losing the first game. They didn't bounce back the next night against uh, Seattle. Uh, and that's why I have my doubts right now. And I like the way Buffalo's playing uh, at this point in time. And actually, if you look at the uh, recent series history, uh, Buffalo has been able to beat the uh, Penguins in uh, Buffalo. The last meeting was 4-3 uh, in Buffalo for the uh, Buffalo Sabres against Pittsburgh. So uh, very capable, the Sabres, right now, the way they're playing, in my opinion. Curtis, what do you think here, Penguins-Sabres? I, I don't know. I'm kind of not sure because – Pittsburgh has a lot of like I like I like Buffalo I really do I think it's their time they're coming into their own I think the next you know five years with Buffalo they're going to be a, a team that we talk about a lot um Tage Thompson that's it go that his dad is the one who was coaching me that I was in that fight one when I was saying oh really yeah that's right yeah, yeah. he's got two boys and Father, they were yeah. they were running around the rink there and you know, Tomer's a big boy, but he's not six. He's not the size of Tage. So that kid got some height from somewhere. But um, no, I love Buffalo. I like what they're doing. You know, they've kind of had that slow 
that slow rebuild. And I think they're finally coming into their own. But then you look at Pittsburgh, there's a lot of experience over there. So, you know, I I find it hard to believe that Crosby and that room is not going to push back tonight, whether the travel, whether it's not like you think they're going to have, they're going to come out fighting. Um, so I'm kind of leaning with Alex. Like it sounds like it's going to be a hockey game and it's going to be a tie going into OT year. Is that what you're saying? Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So regulation draw. And the reason why I was yeah. specified because there's a three-way line. So you can bet if the game ends in regulation yeah. for the Penguins or Sabres or a tie, which of course there's no tie. So it just means it just means it goes to the overtime. And the reason we specify is because there's also a yes, no proper where the game go to overtime. And if you pick yes, it's the same result, but you get paid out differently. You get more money actually on average, the line's higher and better with a regulation draw than it is yes on overtime. So kind of weird wording that the, the sports books kind of kind of try to trick you a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm kind of with that because I think it's gonna be a hockey game. Buffalo's good, and I think Pittsburgh's going to come ready. So I think it's going to be a game. All right, I think so too. I think it'll be tight. I mean, it's not Buffalo's not going to romp. I just think they'll find a way at the end, and they actually have won again the last two times. Pittsburgh's long term, again, that's why you always have to take long term numbers with a grain of salt. Long term, Pittsburgh's own Buffalo, but you actually look at the last uh, few couple recent meetings in Buffalo. The Sabers won both of them, you know, four two and four three. And they were huge underdogs in both. Remember, that was when Buffalo stunk at the time, you know, and they still ended up uh, beating Pittsburgh uh, in each of the last two Buffalo home games against Pittsburgh. So I like the Sabres here. Uh, I like the over a little bit. I like a bunch of props in this game, too. Like I said, Ocposo, Cousins, and Darlene for Buffalo goal score props. For Pittsburgh, I'd probably look you know, more, more toward the likes of, for, for value purposes, Ricard, Raquel, Danton, Heinen. I know Crosby and Malkin, and you'd think on a night like this, Gensel, Guys like that are going to show up, but you don't get as good of a price on their goal score prop uh, as some of those other players. So I always like the uh, extra value uh, when it comes to uh, the goal score prop market. And, and uh, one more thing of, of note with that game, too. Tonight we'll see. We saw it last night, actually, Curtis, at the uh, Vancouver game. They were wearing the, rever the uh, reverse retro jerseys that are going to drop officially on the, in November. Tonight you're going to see that from both Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Buffalo going with the old goat head in white blue and yellow and they're wearing all white shit like everything like their pads their gloves the pants all white so it's going to be kind of a kind of hard to look at them <laughs> with the, the all white marshmallow man look but that's uh, yeah. that's what they're rocking tonight yeah it is I'm, I'm fascinated to see and this is the tnt game there's only one there's only two games tonight and this is the only tnt game tonight so usually tnt has a double header wednesday nights this is the only game they've got tonight pittsburgh uh, and uh, Buffalo. So uh, looking forward to seeing how it plays. And it's a rare chance for Sabres to be on national TV as well. So I'm sure that's another reason they'll be fired up. Uh, speaking of TNT, we know one of the great members of their studio, their great studio show, by the way. They have great camaraderie, those guys. Liam McHugh, Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, uh, Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty. And I said this on Twitter last night because I was watching a little bit of the Coyotes post game. There's Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, still after all these years doing pregame and postgame coverage of all the local Arizona Coyotes television broadcasts. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's a superstar now in media, all right, with spitting chiclets, which has gone through the roof, him and uh, the wit dog, Ryan Whitney. It's Everybody that loves hockey pretty much listens to it and loves it. He's a star on that. He's on TNT, and he's pretty much the guy that, you know, is the star of that panel as well, just because he's such a charismatic, funny guy and entertaining he's doing tnt every week he's doing spitting chiclets he's making i'm sure a shit ton of money doing both you know he doesn't have to do an 82 game television local tv schedule for the arizona fucking coyotes for a full season with a losing franchise they haven't won in forever and yet he commits to being a pregame and postgame analyst on their broadcasts all season long even though they've been shit for years you know, even though they're a they're a pimple on the ass of, of the National Hockey League, this Arizona Coyotes franchise, that's what the, where they're at right now. But he played there. He loves that state. He loves that area. He loves that franchise. And he could easily say, screw off. I'm not doing this anymore. I've got my spit and chicklets gig. I got my TNT gigs. I'm making good money. I don't need to deal with this crap and this team that keeps on losing every year. But he loves the team. He loves the area. And he's still there to do the local broadcasts on uh, the Bally, Arizona, 
uh, for the uh, local broadcast pre and post game. So, and it's because he loves the team. He loves the team too much to leave and to quit. So I give him all the props in the world and all the respect for that. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, just to have that kind of energy and, and you know to, to do to take up your time with that, you know, I, even even looking at 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 uh, Olchek, you know, to do the TNT games and he was you know doing all the Hawks games for a while as many as he could, and now he's with Seattle. I mean, you know, and he was battling through health issues as well. It, it's amazing what some of these uh, these announcers we don't give them enough credit for you know the, the kind of work and miles they log in every year. Yeah, and Wayne Gretzky, of course, since he's been part of the TNTs, like he, he's really he's really gotten comfortable, and he's a little bit more engaging. He's doing bet MGM commercials now with Connor McDavid. That they're trying to, you know, it's, he actually didn't do a bad job of them. You know, Wayne's Wayne's loosening up. You know, we always thought Wayne, you know, great all time great player, of course, in the sport, but not always the most energetic, charismatic guy in the world. Well, he's loosening up here these last couple of years, which has been. Uh, good to see, no question. And the uh, being on TNT has certainly uh, helped that. Uh, this has been a great show. Absolutely awesome stuff uh, with uh, Alex B. Smith and our guest, of course, Curtis uh, Fraser. Curtis, my man, thank you very much for joining us. Hope yeah, you enjoy being you. on the show. No, it was awesome. Going back to the Phoenix thing, though, I was watching their game the other night, and I, I kind of had the opposite. I'm like, you know what? I want to go there. So I was looking at flights. To go there just to see what this is like. What is that arena like? Like you like that mullet arena atmosphere, right? Is it loud? It like, like I don't know. It's a perfect college arena. It's not an NHL. Oh, yeah. right. But for college, it'd be beautiful. Yeah, right? that's so what I was. Yeah, well, my kid would love to go there. Like well, check it out. So I mean, I'm kind of you know, I want to see what that's all about and I want to see it in person because TV, I don't know if it did it justice, because it's gotta be loud in there, you'd think. Yeah, you would you would think that, and and, and I was saying it yesterday, watching the the first couple of games, I said, yeah, this would be a wonderful place. I'd love to catch, uh, you know, either team, the Coyotes or a, a Arizona State game, and this has got to be great publicity for for ASU because that yeah. program, of course, you know, they were a long time club program, finally moving up to D one, but you can't get any better uh, of an endorsement, you know, to have NHL games played in your barn, and like you said, you know, you already got a great sell, of, you know, coming out to sunny California, Arizona State, one of the more notorious schools in the United States. Uh, all that c- combined, it's really a kind of a, a bigger win for them than it is for, for the Yotes. But uh, but it's definitely an atmosphere. I would I would definitely be down to see it. It's you know seem like it's going to be another two two more seasons before they get everything done. And it's assuming that they sign off on these paperwork at the end of the month with the uh, Tempe City Council on the news. That that's really November 29th is really kind of could be D Day for that franchise because if Tempe doesn't sign off on this new new arena, the league's more than likely going to be moving them. So uh, you know we'll at least have a couple more years of them in Mullet Arena, and then we'll see what the future holds after that. I like what Poe Buddy's Nerfix said in the uh, chat. If and when Ian becomes famous, which I'm still waiting on, by the way, uh, he, he'll still be committed to the Ice Guys. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ice Guys will be uh, ba- the Ice Guys for me will be Bally Arizona Coyotes games for Paul Bissonette. <laughs> I will never abandon the Ice Guys. I'm here for life, uh, essentially. No TNT, ESPN shit will ever take me away from the Ice Guys. Uh, never. Uh, that's uh, I'm I'm doing this until uh, I, I drop dead. Uh, essentially that, that's my hope anyway uh, that's my goal at 80 years old i'm still here uh, talking nhl betting and doing the ice guys show honestly i'm not bullshitting no no shit no shit with that either i honestly hope to do that i hope to do this show for three four decades honestly or hopefully hopefully we, hopefully we can make this show the next tnt or espn show i think that's that's really the big goal there you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'll tell you this right now. In terms of NHL betting shows on YouTube right now, I think ours is b- the best of the best because we're here seven days a week. We talk every single game all season long in great depth and analysis, uh, and we enjoy it. We love it. And, and we have wonderful guests like Curtis. That's right. We've oh, incredible guests. I mean, it's just we keep, on, <laughs> we keep on adding great. I mean, we had great guests in the playoffs last year. I mean, it was endless the, the amount of great guests with uh, – you know, Carl Alsner, Eddie Lack, Bobby Ryan, go on, on and on and on. We had Jay Rosell was terrific last week. We've had a bunch of great guests uh, last year during the playoffs. Matt Carey goes on and on and on. An incredible guests we had. Great insight to the game. And Curtis, same thing. Hope to have you back later this season, Curtis, for sure. You betcha. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me. But before we let you go, we got it. We'll start with Curtis here. Your first ever Ice Guys best bet for this Wednesday night slate. Sounds like you like Toronto, though, most of all. Yeah, I like Toronto, but I liked your uh, your props on that. You know, the what was the on um, uh, the Buffalo game? 
Yeah, the props on that with the Cousins or an Ocaposo. I like that, too. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And Darlene as well, because he's been scoring a lot from the blue line. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Like in Toronto is uh, Curtis Fraser. We'll go Toronto puck line minus one and a half, minus 130 for a little bit uh, better value for uh, that one tonight against the uh, Flyers. Uh, Alex, what do you like for uh, best bet? We're going to go with that draw with the Penguins and Sabres. They can find anywhere between plus 40, plus 350. Like I said, these two teams, you know, kind of interesting spots from the scheduling perspective, but they've always played each other tight in the last four meetings. Uh, we saw a couple of high-scoring affairs that went into overtime or shootout, a couple of low-scoring affairs that were decided by one goal. So I think this might be kind of a close one. Let's go Pittsburgh-Buffalo draw plus 340 is my best bet. All right, Pittsburgh-Buffalo draw plus 340, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Cash with Anaheim I did last night, and I'm going to go to Buffalo here and, also, and take the Sabres. Hopefully it's Sabres in overtime or a shootout. That would be great. Uh, Buffalo, and we'll both cash, Alex and I. Buffalo plus 100. Uh, is the best price currently. I actually got plus 105 on this, but plus 100 is the best price right now. Sabres even money. Ride the hot, fade the cold. That's what we're doing here. Buffalo plus 100 against Pittsburgh for my best bet. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. For Alec And reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and our special guest, Curtis Fraser, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <laughs> you.